Welcome to the Draft Doctors Fantasy Footy Podcast with your hosts, John Crockett, Steve Fizz, and the Statesman. G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors. I'm your host, Stevie Fizz. Trade week. Trade week is happening. Uh, maybe the greatest time of the year for fantasy football where all the big names move clubs such as Mabior Chol. Mabior Chol. Uh, but joining us on the podcast today is another big name. It's Cam McLaughlin. Wow, I didn't think you were going to go with me. I don't deserve that kind of introduction. I don't know how to feel. Uh, let's move on to the next guy. That's And maybe just use the same thing again. Yeah, well, we have got a special guest for the listeners today. Uh, we bring in all the guns. Uh, he's a Supercoach fan, Carlton apologist, Simpsons aficionado, and the doyen of all things sleeve. Of course, I'm talking about Lek Dog from the Jock Reynolds podcast. How you doing? I'm very well, gentlemen. Very well. I'm very excited to be here. This is my favourite fantasy-based AFL podcast in the land, so including my own. So very happy to be here. <laughs> my goodness. It must be the only one you listen to. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, a, lot of, a lot of what's going on. Um, trade week. Uh, Carlton reeling in the big fish. Destination club. Hashtag destination. We we love to win an off season. We really do. And uh, we're going to do it again. We are going to be the preseason premiers. It's going to be a big, big, big next few months until we start playing football and realise we're still dog shit. But until then, we're very excited. Very excited. Um, if anyone follows me on Twitter, you'll have seen me ranting and raving for the last few weeks. But we've got our trades out of the way early so i'm safe it's safe it's really the blues of acting early has saved everyone from my insanity yeah it's been pretty interesting they'll be um they'll be selling a few memberships on the back of this much like they did uh, all those other guys who um got them to what where did they finish this year uh below expectations is what we'll we'll say we've yeah. got pick 6 so it didn't go well we had to pick 6 so it didn't go really well but like Kingy says, I, we won eight games with only playing half a footy in those eight games. So, yeah, if we could play three quarters of a game or a full game even next year, we should be locked in for finals. I think my favourite thing about the Blues in the off-season has been the shift from Luke Sayers is the devil to then when he brought Voss in being like, well, if you move him, he might be okay. And then now they've brought Cherry in and you know, Hewitt and... Voss has got an incredible coaching team supporting him, and he, he's Brian like, Cook oh, as well. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, maybe Serge is all right. Maybe he's the right guy. Yeah. Yes, no, the people who were going to overthrow the board. We haven't heard from them in a few weeks, which is probably a good thing. Uh, yes, no. Hey, I've been team Sayers. I liked I liked the cut of his jib, and more importantly, and Blues fans will know this, they're actually doing videos and talking to us in videos instead of you know three thousand word emails, which is what they used to do under the previous uh, regime. So we're happy. We're yeah, excited. Nice. Unlike the Pies president, he didn't fare too well, right, Steve? I, would, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. He's gone already. He's gone. He? Yeah, he's out. Jesus Christ. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, Who knew? Not, not, not a long tenure. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, uh, on to the real football, uh, the fantasy football. What did you get right and what did you get wrong in 2021? Give us a hit and a miss. Ooh, that's a good question. I, I wrote down a couple of things. This I'll say the first hit that I had was my podcast. We sort of changed up a little bit how it was run, and I, I think it was a success. We went through a longer form, more in-depth one-on-one discussion for the most part, rather than having you know six people on for 20 minutes and everyone trying to get through 
the 800 points I had. So we focused a little bit, and I, I thought it was good, and it allowed me to de-stress through the week. And and the focus for me, so this is a, a philosophical answer, I guess, and I'm already rambling, apologies. This is what I do. I was able to step back this year and separate how I was doing in, in fantasy and super coach from how I felt in real life because previously those stri- I've got really stressed about it. And so being able to uh, step away from it and see the forest for the trees, I think that's the inverse of the actual saying, felt good. So yes, not getting too carried away basically was my, was my step in the right direction. So did Is you... that what you wanted? Oh, no, that's fine. Yeah, like, I mean... You can look at it a number of ways. I think that's an interesting discussion to have because, like, a lot of the times, maybe so, more so in the past, I'd be filthy after a loss and that would affect my personal mood, whereas a win would have no effect, say, in my, in my home league or, or whatever. Is that what you were finding, like, the, the show and your results were kind of... Yeah. yeah. Like, pro- progressively as time's gone on, my... My, you can see it. My history of results has got worse and worse the more time and effort I put into the, the content side of things. And I think that's, I don't think that's a coincidence because I'm focusing more about what everyone else is doing rather than what I'm doing. And so when I was performing badly previously and making mistakes, it was really just making me hate, making me hate Supercoach and hate doing the podcast. And, and you know, I almost threw in the towel a few times. But last year, I really went in with a, a healthy mindset and stepped back and. And yeah, it was it's good, and it it allows you to enjoy the football more. I'm not getting really angry watching Paddy Cripps hack it a hundred yeah. times a game and turn it over because it doesn't really matter that much. Although he plays for the Blues, so a bad example because it yeah. does piss me off. <laughs> fair, fair enough. And talking about the pod, you probably had one of the uh, I'd say one of the toughest asks in taking over a really established podcast it'd be like me sort of handing this over to cam at this point <laughs> oh that's um, but, but, <laughs> but, but maybe not because you know it's camp no but like yeah. all jokes aside like jock was a very loved and established brand and, and you know often the new guy takes it in the teeth straight away what was that what was that transition like yeah look we did take it straight in the teeth i'll tell you that so jock and higo and crouching one they were as you said, an established brand. They'd been around quite a long time. I'd done a lot of work with them, but never the podcast side of things, which was the popular thing. So they stepped aside. They didn't want to do it anymore. And they said, if you want, you can use the platform. There's an audience there. We like what you guys do. We'd, lo- they, we'd like you to take over if you want to. But it was not well received straight away because obviously we're different people. We're not characters and as charismatic as they are, we took it a little bit more we tried to be a little bit more analytical and separate it. So initially it was tough. You got a lot of negative feedback initially and the uh, the ratings tanked as in the like reviews on Apple and stuff. But after a little while, people got used to it. I think a lot of that, there's not a lot of crossover between the audience from when they were around and our new audience. Some of the people that work on the website didn't even know, like had never listened previously. We've got a lot younger demographic now. So... It was tough, but I guess because the community for the most part was already there and really strong and it's a comment-based community on the website, everyone knows each other, um, through that we were able to focus on that and focus on them and try and make the content for the, that community and eventually the naysayers disappeared and we got a new audience. So 
look, we were really shit when we first started, and I think a few years down the track, I think we're okay now. So it's improvements. We're we're like on a patty down tra- trajectory. So we were shit, and now we're still doing it. We're still doing I don't, it. I, I don't know if you want to anchor yourself to that trajectory, <laughs> mate. <laughs> The end of the podcast. <laughs> you heard it. No, um, yeah, no, it is different, and that's it's always tough that that situation that change. But um, I think you guys have done well to battle through it. That's that's probably it's it's always easy to quit, right? Yeah, and look, we we we've thought about it a lot. There's been times, but you keep meeting these amazing people like Damo and Azar and Dylan and Fosdaddy and everyone who comes onto the site. Baron's always been there. You meet these amazing people, and they they're just happy to have a, a platform to to put stuff out on and and try stuff, build a bit of a portfolio for themselves. A lot of those guys are younger and moving up into their careers, and it's yeah. And the, there's so many positive people in the comments as well that just turning it off never never felt quite right. So onwards and upwards we continue until inevitably one of us dies or something like that so i think that's the only thing that's going to stop me from from doing the podcast or maybe my voice box gets removed or something like that so yeah yeah that's good oh um what and so obviously the jock rounds salary cap focus for the super coach what's the biggest mistake salary cap players make oh the biggest mistake i mean there's a there's a there's a lot of mistakes i think we're in trade period now People move clubs, uh, big names move clubs, and just because someone has moved doesn't mean they're going to be a good Supercoach choice in salary camp, uh, in Supercoach in particular. Like, just because uh, yeah, uh, Adam Cher has moved and he's going to be 480 or 500K doesn't mean there's going to be a guaranteed market improvement in what he puts out there. I think we kind of know what he is, and we could talk about him in a bit more detail a bit later. So I think... Picking players for the sake of, of picking them. Uh, and then the other one, which is, is it's tough, it's those those mid-price players. For me, it was, and this was my biggest personal mistake this year, it was I built my team and I had room for one 200 to 300K player. And I went with Jordan Clark because he was owned by 70% of coaches and I didn't go with Jack Siebel. So I went with the breakout 200K player rather than a guy who had done it before. So I think banking on breakouts is it really kills teams before they even get going, including my own. Yeah, well, that's that, that's a nice segue into uh, to the rest of the show. Failure, I like that. That's um, <laughs> that's a good transition. So it's been a bit of an intro. We've had a good chat. We appreciate Lech uh, giving his thoughts there. But we are going to talk some fantasy football. It's what the listeners want. Cam, tell me all about Jake. Kelly and the fantasy impact of him moving over to Essendon. Well, I'm probably not going to talk too much about Jake Kelly because Thank God. who the hell cares? Uh, but yeah, Jordan Ridley, uh, it really looks like good signs for Ridley. They've already come out at the Bomberland, the hangar, and said, you know, Jake, uh, it's going to, Jake Kelly's acquisition is going to free Ridley up to play that drop-off defender role that he played through 2020 when he scored, I think he was 71 pre-adjusted in AFL Fantasy and you know much higher than that in Supercoach. You'd suggest that maybe there's, uh, there's a fair bit of upside there for Ridley next year as a result. And my only real worry is, I guess, 
he's going to come in with some salary cap hype, especially in the AFL fantasy side of things. He is going to be priced around an 80 average, which is probably at least 10 unders. Bit of a no-brainer selection in that format. And so he might end up sort of getting drafted about where you'd expect him to score anyway from a draft perspective. Um, from I think more interestingly, it raises questions about Heppel and Hind. So if you look beyond, you know, uh, just Ridley, I can't see all three of them scoring well every week. I think it'll probably be Ridley if he gets the role and then f- flip a coin for the other two. And if that's the case, you know, where do you draft Heppel and Hind? Like that, to me, sounds like a pretty scary proposition to, to go for either of them. Yeah, it's a pretty fair um, assessment, I'd assume. Uh, I, I probably have some concerns about him. He was pretty good in super coach. He didn't really drop off because he... He sort of started taking some intercepts, getting a lot of one-on-one spoils and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, he, he really didn't... Like, those first couple of games where he banged out a ton, like, Heppel wasn't, you know, wasn't quite there. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, he, he was basically the same. And actually, looking at his stats across the board, he had, like, 0.5 of an extra intercept per game. And, you know, it was pretty similar from a statistics point of view, but... Uh, yeah, it just showed the disparity between the two platforms, to be honest. Yeah. Blake, you interested in Ridley? Yeah, I think from a super coach uh, salary cap point of view, I think he's he's reasonably close to a lock, regardless of whether Kelly came in or not, to be honest. I think his scoring is actually, for the year, was a, above what it looks on the surface level. He had that, that game earlier in the season where he got, uh, I think he got knocked out, and then he failed to turn up a couple times after that. I think that impacted his overall numbers a little bit from the surface level. So I think he's going to be a really popular selection. I like it. I like Kelly coming into that team. I like him taking... I like Ridley taking intercept marks and kickouts and stuff. And yeah, Heppel and Hind are the guys that I've got question marks over as well. I'm not sure. I mean, Hind was an awesome pickup if you picked him up as a forward this year. But next year when he's defence eligible, he's... I don't see much upside from taking him in at the start of the year in a salary cap game. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay, my, my, my sound, I sound further down on Ridley than than uh, most people so far because Stato was all about him as well. So that's we'll see how that goes. Can't be good. Um, <laughs> Lech, tell, tell us about one of the new blues. Yeah, Georgie Hewitt. Georgie Hewitt. Uh, for Blues fans out there, if you want to know who George Hewitt is. Take Ed Kerno from five years ago, that's who George Hewitt is. Their careers are almost identical in terms of the numbers. Hewitt gets a tiny bit less of the ball, but he's a little bit more efficient. I think he's clearly going to push Ed out of that midfield. We saw Ed finish the season as a small pressure forward in that final game. I think he kicked three or four goals as well. I suspect that if he is, Ed is in the best 22, he's in a forward role. So Hewitt will basically replace Ed's numbers in the midfield. I don't think from a salary cap point of view he's going to have any interest. He might be defence mid-eligible but and people might get sucked in because of that he's moved club factor. I don't see any any upside for him in a salary cap game. And I'm not sure. I think people are thinking that he's going to come in and be that contested beast and feed it out to Walsh a hell of a lot. But Ed Kerno was doing that you know, 25 times a game anyway. So I don't think Hewitt coming in impacts anyone's score to be honest at the blues 
Yeah, I think you're pretty well bang on. And if you're looking from a draft perspective, I was listening to the pod last week, Steve. Oh, Oh my God. Stato ranking him, what, top 10 defenders was... Uh, very interesting. I, I couldn't buy it, but I, I think it's he's probably going to be a safe eighty defender. You know, I think, and I think that's fine. But he's definitely not top ten. And I want to defend myself from last week's fucking pod. Stato keeps bringing it up that I said one time in the fucking draft kit that George Hewitt was going to be the best mid, and that's fucking wrong. I said George Hewitt could be the best bench pick of the year. That's a far cry from best mid, Stato. You old hack. We've all said a lot of things we regret on this podcast, let's be honest. It's fair. Um, yeah, I, even when he had that role at the Swans, he was never a fantasy stud. And now he's got, like, no. I'd, you know. I mean, there were two great mids at the Swans, and there's two... Well, there's one really good mid at, at um, Carlton, and then there's Patrick Cripps, right? We've got Adam Chera now as well, so we've got two pretty good mids and Patrick Cripps. Jag Cripps. That's got to hurt. Gotta hurt. Oh, he doesn't like it. Like, it's like, I don't know let if you guys out, can like... see this. I got a giant frame sign poster him looking over me, so it hurts to say anything about him. It hurts to hear anything about him. <laughs> oh, Steve, why you gotta be like this to the guests? That's why they don't come back. That's, hey, that's why we find new ones. New and exciting <laughs> ones. You know, he, he takes it. That's he you know good uh, I'll be talking about Mabby or Chol now. Lifelong son, Mabior Chol, changed clubs this year. Um, it's hard to see the great man himself being relevant. Um, he did have a couple of okay games. Did kick four goals in one, but he's always been a very low time on ground player. Really only gets games when uh, the Richmond need a forward ruck or their, their ruck stocks are all dead, as they uh, have been in recent times. The, the player I'm really concerned about is probably Jared Witts. Uh, he's coming back from an ACL. I think I've been pretty open on this show that I'm, I'm quite down on Witts from a fantasy perspective. Uh, but Gold Coast did need to shore up their, their ruck stocks with uh, Zach Smith retiring, Jared Witts coming back off an ACL, Sam Day always being injured, and Chris Burgess just getting jumped over repeatedly this year. And it is just a horrible sign. So, it, look... I don't expect great things from Chol. I'm just down on wits, and uh, it's probably just a bit of insurance for the Suns. Yep, I think that's fair. And rest in peace, Sam Day's relevance in any any format of fantasy. If anyone was looking at him, he's uh, never getting a ruck contest again. Yeah, and thank God, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, Cam. Let's talk about one of the more hyped. Well, he gets he's gotten a lot of press for some unknown reason. Yeah, an unknown player getting unknown press. Who would have thought that Luke Dunstan would be a guy that everyone's keen on? Um, that's well, well, from a fantasy perspective, no one's keen on. And actually, from a AFL perspective. Maybe Simon Goodwin's not keen on either. He's look. Everyone's kind of written him off as Braden Proust two point Comes into the Demons, plays in the VFL, goes to another club. I, I think there's probably a little bit more to it than that. But I do think that he's going to be vying for minutes with the likes of Viney and Harms, with the latter far from a lock in that side. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they're planning to you know allow Petrarca to spend more time forward. He was damaging. AF this year, 29 goals, uh, career best, 
top of the team for score involvements with 208 across the season. Um, the, that when we flip it back to, you know, is he relevant for draft from Dunstan perspective? He'll be mid-only. I can't see him being overly draft relevant. Um, but any, you know what? He's going to be one of those guys that in the Ansett Cup, he just comes out and bangs out a 130 and then plays in the VFL for the first five weeks. You know, he's, he could throw your draft off a little bit. It seems strange to me. Like, is he just putting pressure on guys like Jordan and that? I'd say Jordan has... Jordan should be um, a lock, shouldn't he? It, yeah, I would have thought he would be, but then he, he didn't play the final. Yeah. Right? So, you know, I, I think there's maybe still some development there for Jordan, but I'd be more worried about someone like Harms or a Neil Bullen or, a you know, those guys may, squeezed being squeezed out. Uh, yeah, well, I think Neil Bullen's pretty safe, but... I just want to talk about these guys because we see these guys who, when they get the role, they score like a house on fire. We'll talk about Fiorini. Um, these sort of guys, Brody's probably done it before as well. We, we've seen mm. them come in. Once they get the role, like Jack Graham, once he gets the role at Tigerland with the injuries, they score really well. I, I just see them, They, if they're in the team, cool. But if they're not in, like, they're, they're missing. Like, they're not scoring. You're they're not scoring yeah. your 85. They're missing. Do you, you reckon it'll be binary for him? So it's just he's either going to score 110 or he'll be in the VFL? Not necessarily because, like, who's the who's the comp? Oh, I suppose Jack Steele. I, I don't know. It's it's tough. Like, when does Clayton Oliver ever miss? Never. Like, Petrarca doesn't no. miss. Like, yeah. Viney misses, but if he comes in to play like Jack Viney and the other two are there, he's not scoring 105s like he was this year, surely. Correct. That's why I don't necessarily think... You know, I I think it's not you know binary or 110 or zero. I, th- I actually think he'll drop to an 80s mid, and I, I just wouldn't want to be drafting that. I think um, I'm I'm a I'm a big Luke Dunstan defender, and I've gotten a lot of fights with Melbourne supporters over recent days for suggesting that he might push out James Harms or Tom Sparrow or James Jordan, mm. which I think he will. He's essentially had an identical statistical career to James Harms. I think it's a really good comp. James Harms, at least in Supercoach, occasionally he can pump out a, a 110, but for the most part he's, he's sort of scoring 80 to 90. I think Luke Dunson's going to do that when he's in the team. I think you know from a Supercoach perspective that he's going to score 90. I don't. I, I'm I'm pretty confident he plays the majority of next year. I just don't see why they bring him in to not play senior footy. I think I reckon they think they can fix his kicking. I think they think Choco might be able to fix him. And he and he's a, ranks a lead in a lot of the stats he does. So I think personally he's coming to play, but I'm not touching him in any sort of draft because yeah. you just don't know. You just I'm not willing to do it. I just if he's on the waiver and he's playing i'll pick him up but i'm not i'm not going near him, not touching him and it, yeah correct and and what i was trying to get to with the ansett cup bit is that you know i i think even if he came out in that maybe there's two preseason games and say he plays well in both i still would not be touching that in draft uh, it, it's one of those wait and see how they roll out round one type of things 100 percent, 100 percent. i think i think we love luke dunstan because he's always been there on the pile but yeah but like let's be realistic about where he sits in the landscape. Yep. Just a hater. Lack. <laughs> Lack. Yeah. Another massive acquisition. Probably not as good as George Hewitt, but uh, yeah, the, probably the biggest. It's, it's a sad trade period. This is the biggest name. Yeah. Bailey Banfield. <laughs> Wait, sorry. 
<laughs> Adam Cherry, yeah, he, he comes to the Blues, averaged 90 in Supercoach and close to 87 in Fantasy this year. You know what you're going to get from him. He's, he's going to play pretty much every game. He's probably going to play around 20 games. He's in a midfield now where he's going to work in tandem with Walsh. Hopefully Cripps and Hewitt are in there getting the hard ball out to them. I think he's going to play a little bit more outside than inside at the Blues, but they've got a... Well, depends who you ask. I think they've got a decent rotation. Other people don't. In terms of what he's going to produce for us, I mean, I don't see it being hugely different to what he produced for us this year. We saw in games he could go out and go bang and score like a 140, but then there was games where he scored 40. So maybe a slight boost to him in terms of just pure production this year. Maybe in Supercoach he jumps from a 90 to a... I don't know, 98 to 103, something like that. But I'm interested to see if... I don't think he's taking points away from anyone like a Sam Walsh, but I'm interested to see if he does cap Walsh's ceiling a little bit. So not stealing from his average across the year, but maybe Walsh is a little bit more consistent with someone better to get the ball out to and work in tandem with, but maybe his ceiling comes down a touch. That's kind of where I'm at with him. It's It's hard to read because... I don't know. I said the same thing last year when Zach Williams came in and he played either he was either injured or played in defense all year. So really hard to to see to project ahead for me. Yeah, I think Carlton are a really interesting team um because it seems like they've drafted sort of the guys they thought were the best at, you know, mids. They've brought in guys from the other clubs who seem like they've been good mids and it just hasn't it hasn't worked for the team so far. Chera seems like that that's all he can really do. Uh, when he's on the outside, at free, when Fife's playing, he's on the outside. When he was out, he was in the inside. Uh, I'd imagine he's on the outside at the Blues, so probably not someone I'm really looking to draft super high. No, and look, there's going to be a lot of hype coming into the season for him. People are going to say, look at his last six games last year, look at his upside, look at his numbers this year compared to his career average. But who's gotten better at Carlton in the last six years other than number one draft picks? Who's actually come to the club and got better? No one. We struggle to get the most out of players and we struggle to enhance their strengths and and reach that potential. Maybe that changes with the whole new staff, but until I see it, Adam Chera, uh, I'm considering essentially identical to what he was last year, which was... Not someone I'm super high on, averaging 87 in fantasy and 90 in super coach. Yeah, I bang on assessment to be honest. I, I th- and Steve, uh, he played out a lot last yeah, year. Yeah, well, Fife played most of yeah. the games, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, and we yeah. saw it the, the year before. He finished like a house on fire. This year, he finished like a house on fire. Brayshaw missed, got injured. Fife missed. Like, that's holy it. hell! Like someone had to score. Like, um, what about yeah, the Freo, Freo side? Is who, who's the who's the obvious? Frio uh, benefactor, or is there not one? Sarong. Well, Sarong, that's right. If he played on the outside, how's it him? Well, that's fair, but mm, it's still Sarong. Yeah. I can't, there's no one else. Okay. Jordan Clark, who knows? God. (laughs) What is this, trade radio? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So on to Jeremy Finlayson, he played the 30... 13 games, player average 55 dream team, 68 super coach, turned up against Carlton. 
kicking the Everyone tons up against Carlton. Yeah, not a big... <laughs> uh, we don't know about the Laddam situation as of recording. Uh, in the off-season, everyone knows we do this on a Sunday night. So we're only dealing in facts. Um, is he just a depth piece for Port? Uh, I mean, is he putting pressure on Marshall, Georgiades? Look, he can play. Uh, so he's a real good life move, uh, I would have thought, from the outside. Maybe in a... Well, Port have been a better team, so I can see him being very streamworthy in in your draft formats. But that's probably where I'm drawing the line, unless we get some sort of inclination he's playing in the ruck as a split. Um, but to me, it really just if Laddams goes and they see Finlayson as the in, to me, I'm all over Scott Lysette as a sort of a mid late ruck, and that's probably probably all I'm looking at on the GWS side. Uh, if they get Rory Lobb, well, we'll see how that shakes out. Yeah, they've Port have already said they're doubling down with Lysette and that he's their guy for the ruck. So, you know, there's definitely good times there for for Lysette. And I, I wouldn't think that Finlayson takes much much of him. No, no he's expect- going to be a poor man's West off, I think. A very, very poor man's West off. That's my projection. That is nice thing to say about Finlayson. I don't think he's got it. I don't think he's got the same the same gear that Westhoff had. He's a poor man's West off, but can't play in the midfield. Is that better? That's better. And, and, and if shit really hits the fan at uh, Port, he, he can always play defence. Like, he has got those strings to his bow. So, probably a real savvy pickup for real-life football. Who cares? Um, <laughs> Cam, who you got next? Now, speaking of savvy pickups for real-life football, Tim O'Brien to the Dogs. Uh, I think he's, you know, an interesting one to watch. He's never really been relevant in any format of the game. Uh, at the Hawks, in the tail end of the year, he transitioned to defence, and that's where the Dogs see him playing next year. And I think that's really interesting, um, because when he did transition to defence, you know, they already had the guys like Scrimshaw and Hardwick who were taking the intercept marks and moving the ball. Um, and so he basically played on a key forward most games. At the Dogs, there's maybe a few other players that can do that. So guys like Gardner, Cordy, Keith, even though they get injured every other week, they're still there, and uh, that means that the the one thing that the Dogs don't really have is that um, drop-off defender. And so if they if that's the role that they see him playing, then maybe there's some some upside to him. But I wouldn't think he's going to be, you know, some that you can take in your draft. It's a you know post season starting um waiver pick yeah i i I agree i I don't i'm not writing home to mum to say i've drafted tob um i'll i'll have a look at him in the preseason if the role looks interesting but i just i mean we're going to talk about who's come out of that side shortly but i just yeah don't see any opportunity for scoring for him in any sort of format personally yeah correct yeah correct I'm interested. If he gets that intercept defender role, I'm interested. He put some scores on the board, especially from a super coach, um, which, you know... Well, he t- yeah. turned up in both formats against um, the Dogs, I think, what did, actually. What did he take, like, yeah. seven, seven, eight marks in those Ridiculous stats, yeah. 24 disposals or something as well in that game. So he's he's got the chops, but at the same time, you know, it's fair bit to play out there considering he's not a young... A young guy, right? He's been around for a while and just hasn't produced. You're also working. Sorry, I was 
you're also working on the assumption that he's going to be used the same way by Luke Beveridge that he was used by Alistair Clarkson, <laughs> which I think is a very big assumption. He might end up being a small forward this year. Who knows? Bevo <laughs> salad. A, round, round three, he's a target. Yeah, it could okay. be. I would not surprise me. Well, yeah, it's going to be interesting because they could probably use another forward target. So, uh, you know, and, but Josh Aki had some interesting games down there, converted over, so... Yeah, well, that's it. And so is that where your head's going, Steve, is that if he goes and plays the role that Shaki played in defence, he could be pretty relevant. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in watching because that's probably going to be someone you're using uh, off the waiver wire at points yeah. this year, whoever it is. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. Uh, I'll be looking at that. Lech, who you got next? <sighs> you got to do me the... Like, Sam Patrissi Seaton <laughs> got traded to West Coast. One of my favourite players, hashtag sleeve watch. Love him. I like to rate players on what they can do rather than focus on what they can't do. And I like it when my midfielders played in the midfield call me old-fashioned. All right. He's going to be a defence-eligible player this year. He's moved to West Coast. They've said that they see him as best 22 as a forward mid option in 2019, which is the high watermark of his career. He averaged 82 in Supercoach and 78 in AFL Fantasy. If you believe the hype and you think an 80 return is is good, you could look at him. But if you believe what I've seen with my eyes this year, and it hurts me to say this, I don't think he's playing a lot of footy next year. And wow. I kind of hope not. I kind of hope he's not because I can't do it to myself. I can't. I can't. I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him. I can't. I'm very selfish and I'm not going to be objective here. So I love him and... As a result, I want him to never play again, so I don't have to see him. You got to let him go, man. You got to let you got to let him go for for your own sanity, <laughs> for, hurts, for his man. sanity. It just hurts. I want him, you want his. Let me paraphrase. You want his career to end. Yes, that's what I want. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It got dark all of a sudden. Um, yeah. It seems like the worst possible landing spot. Well, they've tried a few through that forward mid role. They bought in. Did they bring in Langdon from GWS last year, and they've never really found anyone that that that's fit it. Jamie Cripps is about eight hundred years old now. Surely he's going to start slowing down. So there's potentially an opportunity for him. In, in all seriousness, but I just if his ceiling is eighty, and the risk to get to that ceiling is is is. It's a pretty big risk if you're taking him in any sort of draft and even any salary game. In my, that's uh, how I see it. I mean, oh, he could be wrong. I had him two years ago. I did an article on him and said he was the next breakout contender, and then he got played in defence by David Teague for two years. So I don't know. I'm torn, man. It just seems like it's not going to be a high-scoring role week to week. No, inconsistent. Yeah, unless yeah. all the mids die again. Well, and that's that was what I was going to say. I think the the opportunity is there if you know Shuey gets injured again, started to get the soft tissues. Um, I, th- I think there's you know there's maybe a realm of possibility where he actually plays full time mid, but that's after two others get injured. Yeah, which can happen. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Not a can lot we move on, please? Yeah. So. Uh... <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> someone else moved west. Like, I'd love to move west at the minute so I could not wear a mask. But uh, Will Brody, uh, the it, look, and we've spoken about Will Brody for a lot of years. Um, he put together some... He was actually the, the impetus behind uh, when I started counting CBAs before they were published that. He was the man who uh, got me counting CBAs. So, Will Brody, fantasy... God, really. Um, but he has put together some good scores. Uh, he's moved over to Fremantle. There's certainly worse landing spots than Fremantle. Um, I'm, he had the four games this year, 51 in both formats. Played five games in two years. He's certainly out of favour. We have seen the scoring. Uh, he has had injuries in the past quite frequently. Fife and Sarong are going to be the inside mids there. Brayshaw's the, the guy who splits inside out. He's the superstar. I, I just... I don't know. We've seen we see so many of these guys. They put together scoring like teammate now teammate Blake Akers is one like he scores well um, or can score well. Changes clubs, doesn't find the role, gets injured. I can see a world where Brody is good uh, because like getting out of the Gold Coast Sun system is probably going to be good for a guy like that. However, however, when he had those really good scores in the past. That team was absolute dog shit, right? He's moving to a team that is not absolute dog shit. So I don't think those scores can repeat. Can he be serviceable? Yes, they can. I'll watch him in the preseason. Uh, he obviously cut up the Vier or whatever the hell they call their second tier up there. Um, so I'll be watching. But again, it's I, I probably find it hard to see if he's just a midfielder. Is there an opportunity that... That Fife plays more, even more forward again this year than he did last year, and and Brody gets some of those minutes. I'm, I'm not sure, I, I but I am. What you, you we, what you'd be wanting is Mundy to get out because he was the third oh, highest yeah. <laughs> midfield CBA, believe it or not. Yeah, I forgot about Mundy. He's 374 years old and he's still running around and still dominating. God, he's a beast. Uh, do you reckon Collingwood wish they'd? Lodged the paperwork properly and got him instead of Chris Main all those years ago, like they thought they were going to. Anyway, there's a little in joke about Collingwood we do on our podcast. Um, shout out, by the way, to the AFL for ele- for sanctioning the first ever official salary dump. I'm so glad we w- they've moved into modern times. All it took was their own club cooking their own books and getting maxed out with salary cap and getting given a compensation pick to use in that salary dump. So well done, AFL. We're very happy. We can all move forward and become grown-ups. Very happy. Nice. All right, no blowback. I can see everyone's eyes have glazed over. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I, no, I'm I know so- what you're talking about. I just, you know, that's fine. Whatever. Don't, don't be hating on my sons. On no, I'm not hating. Sons. Well, I'm hating. No, I'm, I, it's good for the league. But you know what Over. happened when those like guys went to Gold Coast, right? And they were like, the managers like only draft these guys if you're going to pay these fucking crazy salaries, which yeah. put them in the shit. So I hope we're moving past those times, mm. just from a league point of view, because otherwise you may as well not even have the Suns, and no one wants that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we released a video on that today on Blue Abroad um, about this very topic. So go and check that out. Uh, yeah, it'll okay. be live when this podcast is out. A little plug for myself there. Wait, no, well, plug the hell nice. out of it. What is it? Blue Abroad. Blue Abroad. It's a Carlton fan channel run by Terry Degani. Um, occasionally I jump on and do some videos with him and some live stuff. But today we, we Pom and I, did a, a video on the current landscape for player movement and 
some suggestions or ideas on how we think it could grow and salary dumping's in there and it, it's a good movement forward. And part of that is how part of that video is how do you build a team uh, and how do you stop clubs from having to overpay to get players? So that's a huge part of the video. So go and check it out. Yeah, well, I had a lot of fun doing it. it was, it's good fun. Moneyball. Sounds awesome, Money, dude. Moneyball. Like, yeah, hashtag Moneyball. That's, uh, that's how you do it. Well, the academy looks like it's going to be prosperous over the next couple of years for the Suns, so hopefully a bit more homegrown talent. Cam. Yes. <laughs> Nathan Kruger. <laughs> great. <laughs> so, I've been waiting for this one. It's great. So, Lek, who have you got next? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Nathan Kruger, not going to be relevant in either format. The Pies haven't had anyone up forward for a few seasons now that's been relevant, and I can't really see him changing that. And that's probably more of a... Um, it's more of a result of how they enter the forward 50 and a hell of a lot of other things rather than the forwards themselves. But then you can't really say that Coxie's been, you know, amazing and Darcy Cameron's been amazing. And, yeah, I, I just... He's a okay player and he'll be okay but not from a fantasy perspective do you want to do Robbie Tarrant then like not not, really. not in real life <laughs> not in real life oh, but just whoa. talk about it just talk about why it. does this pod always get sexual well I saw this um, meme today because in one of my fantasy football uh, Facebook groups someone put the thing up I was like and because it, and it, Christmas is becoming a thing it's like dad are you going to put up he's carrying the tree and they go oh dad are you going to put that up yourself and he goes no I'm going to put it up in the living room <laughs> that's a very Norm McDonald <laughs> yeah. delivery you've just given there <laughs> in the living room <laughs> and that man's name was uh, Grayson uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> from uh so you don't want you don't want Robbie Tarrant? No, you can you can take both of those. I don't know why I did that. Lek. It's good for me. Lewis Young. Yo. Lewis Young comes to the blues from the Bulldogs. He's never been a super prolific scorer, except obviously when he played Carlton and we kicked it to him seven hundred times every single game. He wears sleeves, so that's big for sleeve watch. We lose one in SPS, we gain one in Lewis Young, which is good news. I think this is similar to the, the Tim O'Brien discussion. Might be one to watch because there's an op- there's a world where he does come in and and be that third tall defender which we haven't well we haven't had a defensive structure for two and a half years but the defensive structure has been Jacob Weeder and Liam Jones be elite in one on one defensive contests and don't let us lose by twenty goals every week and they they were good at that so there's a chance that there's room for a third tall to come in and, and help them out with that. I've seen a lot of best 22s so far that have Caleb Marchbank, who uh, you know, who I don't even consider part of the Blues list. And I mean, yeah. no shade. I also have a COVID body, but he looks like he's struggled a bit through his AC, latest ACL recovery. So I don't see him playing. But there's a look. There's a world where where he plays as an intercepting defender and scores a bit. I I, yeah, I don't think he's going to do any pinch hitting in the ruck. I think he's there as a defender, but. Yeah, like any key defender, I'm not super super interested in him in either format. Fair enough. We'll move on. Got Callum Coleman Jones heads to North Melbourne. He'll be uh, what second forward and pinch it in the ruck uh, as they move away from life with Goldie at some point in the future. Uh, not 
draft relevant in any capacity. Get that thought out of your head. Uh, and Tarrant obviously goes over to the Tigers. Probably doesn't change much. I'd expect Core to move into the fence at North. And uh, obviously, injury ravaged year. And uh, Tarrant probably frees up our boy, Nick Lawson, who we're, we're just super high on this year. So um, we're all about that Nick Lawson life. People were giving us, throwing a bit of shade on us for not loving Jaden Short as much as. And, and hey, you, look, you can I can see the world where Jaden Short's amazing next year, right? But that's that's fine. Probably just a fraction lower. And uh, I think Nick Lawson's great draft value next year, maybe even salary cap value. Yeah, I like him. I don't know. I actually don't know what his projected price is, but I'm a I'm a Vlaston's been one, especially in my keeper leagues. So I've just been inquiring in every now and then, just seeing what the price is. Very very interested by some Vlaston next year. Very interested. A hot little finish to the year. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Moving on to the questions. Faz, our man, he's in quarantine. He is fucking struggling. I've seen some Facebook videos. Whew. Man, Faz, I know you'll listen to this because you've got absolutely nothing to do. I've seen the videos. <laughs> uh, he wants to know, will Matt Kennedy still be relevant? Wow. Uh, yeah, maybe. It depends. Ed Kerno, like I, I mentioned before, that he might play in that forward pocket uh, as a defensive sort of role, but there's a chance they go back to playing Kennedy as that targeting forward that then switches into the midfield. I think he's still best 22. I think if Ed Kerno's out of the team, I think his relevance remains what it was last year. I don't, I, if, is that an answer? I think that's an answer. It's a bit wishy-washy. I think he struggles because he, he, he's probably going to lose forward status, right? Oh, that's a good point. Of, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, no, yes, steer clear. I was thinking of him as a forward, but obviously yeah, he's not going to have forward eligibility. Uh, a man ninja asks: Are there any wild eight coach trades being thrown around in the group chats yet? Seems half of trade radio is purely air filler. I'm in a keeper league, and it's we did our inaugural draft last year. This trade period, I reckon, 75% of players have moved clubs already, and there was one six-team trade that had like 14 players in it. That's insanity to me, but good luck to you. Hope it works out. Crazy. Man, we are not like trade radio, man. Come on. Uh, Phil asks, if Tom Mitchell leaves the Hawks, which clubs would hinder his scoring potential? I'll jump in. All of them. Yeah. All of them. Is there any club that needs that an inside midfielder these days? I think that's why Luke Dunstan couldn't find a home anywhere. Yeah. I was thinking about it, and it's it's that's it's such a replaceable role, right? We were sort of talking about those jag type players coming in and scoring well. I think Frio is a good landing spot for um, Brody because it seems like it's like they've got some real quality, but it doesn't seem like they have heaps of depth at the minute. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Don't like the uh, don't like the role of the in, the moving inside minute at the moment. Yeah, maybe maybe Sydney can't see him going to Sydney though. Yeah, I don't see him going back. No, no. <laughs> Although, hey, Zach Smith did it. Anyone can do it. Wow, Gold Coast legend. Uh, any move for Will Brody at his third club, Stevie Fist? No. 
Fremantle, <laughs> uh, crude asked, when will you blokes appear on trade radio? Uh, and Surly replies, but that would make trade radio relevant. <laughs> oh, uh, hey. Cam, what do you think about us doing trade radio? I think that the guys over at Jock Reynolds are doing a fantastic job <laughs> of their trade raps at the moment. <laughs> you guys and your... It's the Tradio? Yeah, Tradio. Yep. Yep. Yeah, love the it. Third season. Goes all right. People, people actually respond to it pretty well. It's because... Uh, I guess it's just trade radio except minus 13 hours of ads, which is it's a nice change. I think someone, I think it was Hawks Talk Pod or something, I don't know their exact handle, they were going to do a live stream for charity where they live stream themselves listening to trade radio for an entire day. And I I want to pay to see someone That's lose their mind like that. That's good content. Imagine a live reaction video of you know to anything Matt Rendell says. That's... <laughs> I'm I'm here for that. That's good. There are threads of what he has said this trade period that if you put them together, you'd think it was a like a serial killer's writings that you find in their apartment after they've scattered. It's pretty bad. It's legitimately bad. He's yeah. also stalking, um, stalking. What's his name? Darcy Moore. He's like stalking him. Oh, nice. Um, Allegedly. Yeah. Look, everyone loves a good dose of opium. Um, but. I actually agreed with one thing he said, and that was Brisbane Lions need another def- like rebounding defender because, holy fuck, how is it that teams aren't clamping down on the GOAT? The greatest player to have ever pulled on the boots, Daniel Rich. Oh, it's odd to me. Maybe they just know that there's no point trying because he's too good. Maybe that's, maybe that's the situation. <laughs> like, why bother if you're just going to lose anyway? <laughs> Oh, man. The Brisbane fan listening to this is going to be living at that. Um, Mark asks, with Carlton's recruiting spree, is it finally career over for Paddy Dow? I hope not, because like I said, the jock pod is on a Paddy Dow trajectory. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he was solid. He was solid. I picked him up uh, after their buy because I had no trades and no money left in salary, and he was serviceable yeah I actually picked him, I picked him up in Supercoach as well and he was um, he was fine yeah. uh, Alex asked do you guys watch Squid Game with the English dub or Korean with the subtitles I watched it with the dub but that's also because when I turned it on for the first time I had no idea what I was getting myself into and didn't realise that there was another way to watch it and then by the time that I realised you could actually do that I was on episode like 6 so I just punched through it to be honest I've only watched one episode watched it with subtitles but it took us about 40 minutes before my girlfriend realised it wasn't a real reality show she was like why is everyone talking about this reality show we got about 40 minutes, 40 minutes and she said it's very creative shots for a reality show. I was like, all right, love, we're going to have to have a chat. Let's have a chat. Because oh, she, she's the real reality fan, yeah? She does the, does she, she does a pod or is that, she, uh, is that right? She, no, not a reality pod. That's that's another fantasy person's partner. My partner does the musical podcast about musicals, Cassie. But she's obsessed with uh, reality TV shows. Uh, musicals suck. What? <laughs> yeah. It's all about musicals. Musicals are great. Musicals are shit. 
Oh. All right, this is divisive, and uh, if her fans come for you, I, I'm not going to stop them. Man, you're after Stevie to, Fizz. I've been to two, and I couldn't. I hated them both. What'd you watch? What were the two? Uh, Aladdin and uh, Book of Mormon. Aladdin sucked, and fuck you. You didn't like Book of Mormon? <laughs> Book of Mormon was great. I'm sitting there yeah. watching it, I'm like, this is terrible. I, I'm just, I can't buy like my. I can't suspend my disbelief. And I'm going, I've seen this fucking show. It's called South Park. Same jokes. But I, they're fucking literally people up there on the stage. I'm like, this doesn't do anything for me. I know they're people. You're sitting there saying, there's no... You, uh, Steve, you're the guy in the crowd at a musical that goes, why would they just break out into song like yeah, that? Why would they? <laughs> why would they, they can just say that. Emma bought me the tickets for like Christmas or some shit. Because like I, I wanted to see it, my own stupid fault, right? Because it's like South, like I love South Park guys, and um, and like intermission, she's just crying because she realised I hate the fucking thing so much. It was wow. it was not a great night. <laughs> That's what a review they should put that on the uh, poster. Yeah, <laughs> Steve said <laughs> it was not a great night out. <laughs> Uh, Daniel asks, "Will Carlton <laughs> will Carlton ruin Chera's scoring potential? Probably. There you go. <laughs> that is the last question, Lake. I'm going to spring something on you. We've never done this before, but I thought since yeah, you got a good sense of humour, we can we can joke with you. Um, we want to do an ISO draft. We want to do a draft. We want to do a Simpsons related ISO draft. You're the Simpsons man. We want you to pick the topic." Oh yeah, that's right. Live on air right well, now. Well, we're not live. We're, this is recorded. We can edit this shit out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the people oh, don't know shit. that. Shit. Um. Keep in mind, we've done the songs. Yeah, no, I'm not going a musical based one. What What have you done? We haven't done we, much. We've only yeah, we've only done the, song. the songs. We threw out the suggestions. People said uh, best like. Uh, one-off characters, best episodes, um, stuff like that. Because we did Simpsons characters on the the Jock Reynolds show, yeah. So maybe not as broad as Simpsons characters. I like the idea of going super deep, like uh, like what's the be- what are the best products within the Simpsons universe, like jagged crustios, poison crustios. Well, it's Lar- well like- if you listen to our show, because it's Laramie cigarettes. <laughs> well, excluding Laramie's <laughs> cigarettes, I think that's a deep cut. Shout out it's to the best I've got off the top of my head. Shout out to Marlboro Red, <laughs> long, long time sponsors. <laughs> Jeez, we almost got through an episode without throwing it out there. How are we going to get out twenties? Hey, out twenties. Yeah. What? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So what you reckon? So. Or Simpsons maybe items, Simpsons either brands. either either sim- brands within the Simpsons world, or maybe like TV shows slash movies within the Simpsons world. One of those two, something that the characters consume, I think, is good because there's so many like little vignettes where they're either crust, you know, Krusty's promoting a product, or yeah, yeah, um, oh, God, so it'll brands. take some okay, research. Brands. Okay, yeah, no, there's no research. That's why I wanted to do it because it's totally off the cuff. We didn't know what you'd say. This is just out. Immediate recollections. Don't fucking Google cam. I can fucking see your hands moving. Don't even. I'm, I'm getting the random. It. I'm getting the random generator up, man. 
so that we can choose the order. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. All right, brands. Random brands. God damn. Fuck. Okay, you ready? All right. Who's up? One. Okay. Oh, no, wait. No, wait. We need to give you a name. We'll give it. Cam, do yourself first. Take care of yourself. Great. Yep. Okay, here we go. Oh, I think I've done that wrong. <laughs> I think I've done that wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm number two. You didn't do that. You just said two. Well, I, I said <laughs> random numbers generator from min of one to a max of three. And the answer it gave me was one, two, three. <laughs> well, where, where do you want to draft? Like, you can be one or three. Cam's got two. I'm I'm happy to go number one. Okay. I've got the best answer already. I, I think. Yeah. Okay. There there is a very clear one. I reckon here. This is brands from The Simpsons. All right, people. Now I am damaging my answer by saying I can't remember a hundred percent if this is what it was called, but it's it's Doctor Nick Riviera's. I think it's like the Juicinator two thousand or whatever. The juice, it's good. The juice loosener. <laughs> the juice loosener, yeah, that's it. You got all that juice from just one bag of orange? It's whisper quiet! <laughs> that's what I'm taking, number one. Mm-hmm. The juice loosener. Cam. I'm going to take Duff. Duff. Seems strong. Seems, Seems strong. strong. Well, I'll... I, feel like, I feel like the right people, though, are going to vote for the juice loosener. That is a fucking great pick. Uh, I'll obviously be taking Laramie's, staying on brand for the show. Smoke them. Smoke them if you got them. I'll be taking Canyonero on the wrap. Yeah, good one. That's really good. Cam, what you got? Um, It's going to be really frustrating because after this, I'm going to come up with a million really good ones. You're looking at got... something. Stop reading. You fucking cheat. I can see it. No, I'm... Yeah, look I'm about up. to pick look fucking... Up. Shut your eyes. Give, give me give me Tamako. Is that a brand? Oh. <laughs> That's like a, a homegrown brand. Oh, I love that episode. Um, Brands, brands, brands. <sighs> this was your choice. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, but I, but now I'm. I'm I, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't realise that you wanted to do the draft right now. I thought I was suggesting it for a later date. So, um, what about? What about? Okay. Uh, uh, what is it? Hundred percent sugar squishy. He's going to take from, the squishy from the quickie mart. So we'll give you the. Squishy. I think that's good. All right, you got, you're on the wrap. You got you got one more pick. Here. Oh, well, I'll go with the one I suggested before the the crustios, specifically jagged, jagged crustios. Absolutely, they can only be jagged. Cam, fuck, I can't take Linguo. Hey, that's not a brand. That's just a that's just a robot. Um. Itchy and scratchy land? The park itself? What is this? What is this shenanigans? Fine. (laughs) INS Park. It's pretty. Yes! You're taking. Is it like the studios they make it? I don't know. 
Don't know. Don't know if I like that one. That's um, that's weird. Uh, what am I going to take here? Hmm. Good, uh, it's good pod to always be paused. I know that like the listeners will just be screaming. They'll be list like the headphones will be in and they'll just be driving along, like screaming, going, "You fucking can't tell how you're picking." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The struggle's real when you're on the spot. Uh, I'll take lard lad donuts. That's solid. That's solid, particularly in the the Halloween horror episode. Yeah. I'm going to take... I, no, I, no, no, I got, I feel, I got, it's my right. Oh, sorry, it's sorry, sorry, sorry. What is this? A linear so draft? Just... Oh, I, I'll tell you what. You can, you can have it. You can eat. We'll do the last round linear. You can have it. No, no. Uh, you just want time to think now, don't you? Yeah, that's it. I've, I'm like, I've seen the error of my ways. I'm like, holy shit, this gives me an extra 15 seconds. Well, I do have one. I'm ready to fire if you want me to or not. You go. I, yeah. All right. I'm going to choose... Um, Worker and Parasite, the uh, Russian, I think it's Russian, Itchy and Scratchy. See, so see, what I'll take, see what you've done here, Cam. That's good. What? You've just opened up TV shows. Is that a well, that's a brand. Okay, fine. Worker and Parasite. It's the... Yeah. So, Steve, are you going next? No, you can go. I'm going to, for my last one, pick Compute Global Hyper Meganet. Oh, that's a great <laughs> one. That's really You're definitely cheating. Cheating. There's no way you came up with that. Thank you. Global. Mega. Net. Um. Fuck. What was Scorpio's company? Oh. So, mm, mm, mm. I feel like we should know that. Yeah. I feel like it's something world worldwide. Mm, 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 mm. I don't know. I'll just take Krusty Burger. Solid. Yeah, legitimate brand. Feels, feels fair. Uh, I think smaller, more legs. Yeah, that's right. Hey, absolutely. Uh, so, Lex got Juice Listener, Squishy, the, the Syrup Squishy. Let's write that in. Jagged Krusty O's, Worker and Parasite. Cam's got Duff, Tamako, Itchy and Scratchy Land, Compu Global Hyper Meganet, whatever the fuck that was called. I've got Laramie's Canyon Arrow. Lad Lad Donuts and Krusty Burger, which is pretty much my diet, as is. Thank you very much for joining us, Lek. Uh, it's been an absolute blast, a lot of fun. Thank you for having me, guys. Really, really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back, listeners, to talk about... Well, this comes out on Wednesday, and uh, trade period ends on Wednesday, so we'll be like a week late on that shit. So uh, hopefully this ties you over and uh, you get a lot of fun out of it. Wait, 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 wait. If you've been living under a rock for the last however long, Lek, what is your social handle and where can they find you and the Jock Reynolds guys? Oh Give it a, a good plug. If they oh, know us, they didn't know do him. You didn't, you didn't do it earlier. He fuck, they and fucking then... know him. We did <laughs> blow do it. Camp, you fucking fuck. cheek. JockReynolds.com.au <laughs> <laughs> uh, for Supercoach, Supercoach BBL, Supercoach AFL content, podcasts, and if you want to find me at Lek Dog on And what Twitter. about your Twitch? Your Twitch? Oh, yeah, the Twitch that I activate once every two and a half months, Lekdog Games, at twitch.tv slash Lekdog Games. 
Uh, I'll occasionally open cardboard and I occasionally get drunk and, and play games. So, it's did good you, times. Did you buy those uh, super expensive cards the other day? I bailed out, but we did do an unboxing uh, over Discord. Baron Von Crow is a huge card collector, so he kind of... I live vicariously through him, which is nice. Yeah, okay, cool. Nice. Uh, top shot, people, top shot. Hey, oh, what? Go on. What? No, it's just... What would you call the monorail company in The Simpsons? Monorail? It, was it? I don't know. Hmm. There's going to be so many good ones that people oh, are really I don't, just I'm just, say, We're going to Google this. Idiots. We're going to Google this in like five minutes and it'll just kill ourselves, right? I'm, on <laughs> it, I'm literally, literally on it right now. And there's... Yeah. We missed some stuff. Anyway, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, done.